You're listening to the Hot Mess to Success podcast, episode 004. Join us today as we take a deeper dive into the serious topics that we discussed with our amazing guest in our last episode, Terry Johnson. Alcohol addiction is a horrible disease, and it impacts the lives of so many people. If you're dealing with this personally or with someone you love, it's important to know you are not alone. Along with the personal insights that we share on this topic, we also expand into how to leave indecision behind and just make the next right step. So crank up the volume, pour a cup of happy coffee, grab your favorite Sharpie, and get ready to take on the next challenge that will help you to kick ass in life and biz. You're listening to the Hot Mess to Success podcast, where we firmly believe that you can make your dreams a reality no matter what life throws at you. Besties in biz, Amanda and Laura will encourage you to embrace your hot messes, own your message, and empower you to kick ass in life and business. It's time to learn from the experts. Listen in on raw and real conversations. Hear hot tips and tricks that helped others overcome the challenges and struggles of being an entrepreneur. Are you ready to dig in, get a little dirty, do the work, and tackle your biggest hot messes so you can enjoy ultimate success? If so, you're in the right place. Here are your hosts, mentors, coffee mug collectors, mother hustlers, and taco lovers, Amanda Belkazar and Laura Host. When Laura and I first started this project, we knew we wanted to give, give, give. But I have to tell you, this is getting a little out of control. In honor of our launch, we have put together a huge prize package that is worth way over $1,000. And we want you to win it. Just go to hotmesstosuccess.com slash win and enter today. That's hotmesstosuccess.com slash win. Hey friends, uh, super excited to be here today and to really kind of have a wrap up here and talk about Terry's episode and kind of a little bit deeper dive. There was a lot of key points that Terry made when we visited with her earlier this week. If you have not listened to it, Terry's was episode number three and it was a really deep session. It was amazing. There was so many hot points. Like I had my glitter pen out, no joke. Cause people are like, do you really have glitter pens, Laura? Had my glitter pens out and was taking notes and have like an entire page of notes. How about you, Amanda? I do not have a glitter pen. Um, <laughs> I'm more of a Sharpie person. I do like colorful Sharpies though, but yeah, no, hers was, I was just so thankful that she's compelled to be open about her story because it's so powerful and you just don't come across that often. And so I do think she revealed some very deep and dark points in her life. And I just thought it was incredibly brave because that's not easy to share and to own it. And you could tell that because she did that, she's been able to not only heal, but then also, um, I guarantee you she's impacted more people than she will ever know. Right. And I think that was kind of an aha thing too, is that when we, you know, she used the word surrender and that she chose when she was in treatment for her alcohol addiction, that she chose when she was there, that she would never, never shy away from sharing her story. And she would wake up every day and say yes to God. 
that is powerful. And that's what she has done every single day. And that's so powerful to have her not have to relapse because relapse and addiction is incredibly high. And so when I was listening to her, I'm literally like tears in my eyes because I was like, it was so raw and real to me having just recently, you know, going through my divorce and dealing with addiction in my marriage and having that be so hit so close to home. I was like, wow, this, to hear it from the addict's perspective about how it's just, you need to surrender. You have to surrender and give it all up. Like taking it from my perspective of being a person who loved the addict it is so powerful to hear somebody like Terry who is willing to own her story and to share her story, not shy away from it because of that boldness, because of that huge step in faith. She is already impacting the masses, including me. Like her story was so touching. And I think that so often when we hit rock bottom and we feel like we need to surrender for things in life, we don't know. Um, when that's going to be for somebody, right? If you're loving an addict, you're like, how this is must be rock bottom, right? And so this, they've, they've hit rock bottom this time. Things are going to change. And then you see them relapse. And then you're like, this must be rock bottom. And then you see them relapse again. Because in reality with addiction, the biggest fear is relapse, right? And so I think that surrender is just so powerful. And to wake up every day and say yes to God, I was like, wow, that's what we, I need to do as not an addict. You know, I need to wake up and do that. And just the power in that is incredible. And it was so refreshing to hear from her and have her be raw and real with us um, to just know that she's going to impact the masses. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even with now when she's talking about, you know, she's has these retreats and working with, you know, different women on their businesses and being able to do that. It's she even mentioned that she was at the point of it was like life and death. I mean, she had children, she had family, you know, a family. And she, she said like on the outside, her life, you know, people would have never guessed her life looked amazing. Right. And so being able to just do that. And then again, know that it is, she has to, you know, check herself in to rehab, like, wow, like that takes a lot of courage and strength. And from that point on, I mean, it's been 10 years at this point that, you know, she's been in recovery and I'm sure she is going to be helping a lot of people, you know, through that time, even with it, it's just, you know, through her story. And it's, you can't like, I found like so many times, like when you and I were visiting with Terry prior to like hitting record on her interview, we were talking about like, we were talking about things like drinking and driving, like, I mean, yeah. killing yourself, killing somebody else, like making really bad decisions in life yeah. because of an addiction or whatever it might be. So I am like the last person to judge someone because I've made some really crappy decisions in life, drinking and driving and doing stupid things when I was younger that I, you know, to this day, you know, regret. And I'm like, I'm so glad that I have now chose different, you know, to be more responsible, obviously. But yeah. there's things like that where you can't let those decisions. Like I used to literally like would paralyze me for like three days, like not get out of bed because of my guilt. And like, I was, you know, like so mad at myself because I was like, oh my gosh, I never should have done that. 
cops are going to show up three days later at my house or something and know I did it. Like that's how yeah. bad my, my subconscious was like about yeah. doing things like that. But I think part of that is forgiving yourself too. And you have to forgive yourself to be able to move on. And when you surrender, part of that is letting that go. And yeah. knowing that although you made mistakes in the past, you have to forgive yourself and say, Hey, I forgive myself. I know what I did was wrong and I'm going to learn from my mistakes and move right. On, right. It's yeah. powerful. Yeah. You don't want to let that become your identity. So you absolutely can, you definitely need to face it. And like, and, and it's kind of interesting because we had, you know, a, another guest on and she was talking about the difference between, you know, shame and guilt. And so I think that that's part of this too, is like, you can be, you can have that guilt. Cause you need to, that that's a, part to check ourselves, right? If we do something like we have to be able to feel that and resonate that, but having that shame and living with that shame, you need to be able to let that go and not that that be your identity. Cause when you do that and you let that go, then that's when you can move on. Cause otherwise, if you just feel, if you I, identify with that, I feel like that's what would cause you to relapse, right? Like it's just, it's me. It's part of me. That's what I did. That's what I do. And if you identify with that, then that's the issue. So I just thought that was it really correlated there. But I think that there's a lot of serious, for sure, discussion around this topic. And I know, like you said, personally, it's not something that anybody really wants to admit openly, but I've definitely, you know, I, especially through, I mean, if you, if you want to talk through high school, through college, whatever, I've definitely drank and drive and, you know, and it's, there's been t plenty of times that it was just like, no, like that's, it's, it's horrible and it's scary. And, you know, looking at even getting into the, the different discussions now about, you know, kids and drinking and you know, just, it's just such a heavy topic. I feel like it really does surround us and everybody's probably been touched by it in a very serious way. If you think about like just in their family. For Absolutely. Sure. I mean, I was in college and one of my roommates, like I always told him, I'm like, don't drink and drive. I'll always come get you. And then I moved away and was done with college and moved away. And he was killed one night drinking and driving on his way back. And he, it was one of the most like eye opening experiences for me. And it's a really big, like smack in the face, like wake up call. Like when I got the call that he had passed away and it was late night, you know, fell asleep behind the wheel after drinking and hit a tree and pretty much dead on impact. That was just a really raw, like, wow, it, it doesn't, we are not invincible. Like you think right. that when you're drinking and you think that like, oh, I can just do it. It's just one time. It's only a mile. I don't have far to go. No, it's not like that. And so, and it does really impact people and people really do die from these things. And it's sad real topic that I'm glad that we can talk about that on here because yeah. that's what happens in life. And then Terry transitioned into talking about the next right step. And I think that's not only just about in business, right? So like what's the next right step if you're struggling with an addiction or you're struggling with a bad habit or you're struggling with something that you don't love about yourself or you know it's not moving you in a direction to be who you know your purpose to be, then what is the next right decision? Instead of figuring out like I've got 27 steps to become who I want to become, what is one thing that you can do today that's going to get you closer to where you want to be tomorrow, right? Yeah. And so that was so powerful, I think. And I think that can be related to business. And I think that can be related to um, life in general, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that 
Because a lot of times when we decide that, hey, we want to do something, whether it's I want to change my health, I want to, you know, like get fit, I want to do this business, I want to get out of debt, I want to all these different things that you can, you know, seek to do. A lot of times we look at, you know, we're so far away from. And that can be really, really hard when you're like, okay, well, am I ever going to get there or whatever? And so I think it's really powerful to make those, you know, short little goals. And like you said, what's that next right step? And as long as you're moving in that direction, I mean, I don't know if everybody, you know, has seen the little graph or graphics or whatever, where it talks about like, you, you know, your starting point and then success. And, you know, a lot of times we expect it to be from this starting point all the way up in a straight line. And that's just not how it is. It's like up and down and squiggly lines and backs and whatever. And you just need to keep moving in that direction. Um, and, you know, cause I, I even think, I can't remember who had said you're either, what is it? You're not, you're not, you're not staying the same. So you're either going towards your goal or away from it. You're not staying the same. So you, every decision you make, so this is the thing, think about this. We make gazillion decisions a day. So every single decision that you make is either moving you towards your goal or away from it. There's no neutral, zero neutral, you guys. And so that's a lot of pressure. I mean, I think about that time. I do not make, I do not make plus one decisions, every single decision all day long. Like there's plenty of like, okay, no, this is, this is one that's actually not contributing to my ultimate goal of what I want. I feel like I get better at it. I try to continue to make more and more of those, you know, good decisions, but definitely a, a, a true factor. And people have to realize that you have to shift your decision-making abilities to the direction that is going to lead you towards your goal versus those slight edge. You know, I think I had mentioned, talked about this book before too, the slight edge decisions that lead you away from your goal. And so it's, it's not this huge, huge, huge leap. It's just those little decisions that you make on a daily basis that are, is going to, you know, be getting you to your goal. And I think embracing when you do, when you feel like, oh, I just made a really bad decision, um, embracing the learning lessons out of that because there's no wrong decision. There's no bad decision, but what can you learn? What are you going to learn from that experience? Right? So actually taking that lesson and becoming better because there's no, like, you don't wake up and, you know, go on even children, you know, how do they learn to walk? They fall down, they get back up, right? For us as adults, we make a decision to do this. It doesn't work. And then we make a decision to do this because it might work better. Right? So it's constantly like, reevaluating what did I learn? How can I make the next best decision? Now I learned something from that and I can make the next best decision. And I think that in itself is so powerful. And that's where I think, you know, Terry is just a powerful human being because she is, um, I've got to experience her in her refined community, which is super fun. And she teaches those six M's, her and her team. She has an entire team of people that are there helping build the refined community. And they teach in the private Facebook groups and things like that. And I'm, I'm happy to be a member of that. And I absolutely love it. But when she talks about the six M's in our episode as well, she briefly goes over them, the six M's for success. And the cool thing about the refined community that she has built, which is just so powerful, It's an amazing community of Christian women that they dig deep into those six M's every single month. And it's really allows you to grow as like full circle success and to realize all aspects of your business and life, which is really fun. So 
she brings so much to the table and so much knowledge and she's so humbled by her hot messes so that she can really help the masses have success. And so it's been really fun learning from her. Yeah. Did you say that now with a community, she has like virtual meetings and like in life meetings too? Yes. So at the beginning of the month, I think they're in California, Washington, and Minnesota, um, maybe in Wisconsin, maybe right now they're in four or five different States. So don't quote me on that, but we'll go to the, their website. We'll have all those details on here, but she it does. She has two virtuals because there are so many people that wanted to connect across the United States all over. And so she's got two virtual meetings and then a bunch of in-person meetings because she believes in the meaningful connection. But what they do is they use Zoom meeting room. So when you go into the meeting on the virtual meeting, you do break off. So if it's a group of like 30 women on there, then they break you off into your own meeting rooms during it into smaller groups of like five. And in those smaller group meeting rooms, you get to actually dig deep and get to know those five women really well during that hour. And then you come back together at the end for additional training where all 30 are back together and they just pair you up with whoever. So, and they do it intentionally to get you to know, get to know new people that you probably yeah. don't know from different states and different chapters. Is, does that happen? Like how often do they do those? Yes. So all of the in-house meetings, like the real in-person meetings are once a month and then they have two virtual meetings. So per month as well. So, wow. and you can go to any of them. So you can go to both of the virtual meetings. If you're in an area that has multiple meetings, you can go to as many, um, for your membership fee, you can go to as many meetings as you want, which is really fun. You can meet people yeah. from all over. Travel. That's awesome. Well, and just talk about being able to actually, you know, connect with truly, truly connect with people and does, does Terry talk about, I'm sure she does. Obviously she talks about like, you know, her addiction and that's probably part of, you know, what she brings to the the group. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I think when somebody stands up and is courageous in that way, I would imagine that really inspires a lot of the people in her community to actually, you know, do that in a similar fashion, maybe not like leading the group and standing up in front of everybody, but being able to be more uh, vulnerable and open and, you know, real with other people because it's like, okay, wow, I have so much admiration and respect and love for Terry. And, you know, this is, she's, she's sharing her short, her shortcomings with me that she's imperfect and she's basically like owning that. And that has really helped me as a person. So me being able to do that. And I, I, I just love just thinking about the ripple effect of, you know, that, I mean, across generations at that point. Right. Hey friends. Hey, sorry to interrupt the show. I just wanted to jump in with a quick reminder about our huge prize pack giveaway. Register at hotmesstosuccess.com slash win. There's a ton of prizes for you to win. So go to hotmesstosuccess.com slash win. Now let's get back to the show. It's so true because like when I went to the, the group meeting and met her and then she did she talked about her book and overcoming the endeavors and having gone through addiction and the minute she said that she even just said the word addiction i was like oh, i can relate to you i'm i'm living this hell right now like i can relate to you and there was so much power in that that was so powerful to me and i was like i left that i went to i had a vip pass and i went to that free meeting and i left there and i said i found my people because they could relate to me and then the next time i went to a meeting i wasn't afraid to say 
Hey, I'm going through this really difficult time in my life. And then a lady across the table says, my son is going through it. We've been dealing with it for the last, you know, seven years. He's in again or whatever. And now we've connect on a deeper level. And then she mails me a book just, just out of pure kindness and love. She mails me a book, connects me with her pastor at her church, like connects me to meetings that are like help support system. Like, I mean, that's what happens when you own it and you share. And so I always encourage people like that was probably one of the biggest healing moments for me personally is to own it and to just find a support system of people to support me during it. Because yeah. then I was like, wow, I have all these people and I'm not alone. Yeah, We say it on every episode, but you're not alone. Like we think we're alone in depression and anxiety. We think we're alone. Like we're the only one who's dealt with an addict in our life. We think we're alone because, you know, you're drinking too much wine at night or whatever your struggle in life or your hot mess is, I guarantee you, you are not alone in it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, huh. and, and it's interesting because when you tell me how you found this group, Laura, because I mean, obviously it seemed like it was exactly what you needed, but how did you actually like stumble upon it or whatever? Because you said you were there and you were like, oh my gosh, she started talking about something. You didn't even know, you know, her, her history and stuff that you just connected like at a meeting. So I'll be really honest with you. I was part of a different networking group and it was not, it, I, I posted in their Facebook page. This is a true story. I posted in their Facebook page and said, I, I was launching the Christian Facebook page and I said, I would love to connect with other Christian entrepreneurs. And my post was deleted. And so wow. I had a conversation with the lady who ran that organization because I was very offended by that. I was like, hey, I uh, want to connect with other Christian entrepreneurs. Like, what's the problem here? And she's like, well, we can't talk about, we don't talk about religion. We don't talk about this. We don't talk about that. And I said, well, then you're not people, right? Like, I mean, like I should be able to just like somebody says, I want to talk to people who want to lose weight. It's no different than I want to talk to people who are focused on Christianity or whatever, you know? Right. So it was, uh, I was just, wow. And then and somebody said to me, well, do you know, Laura, that Terry is actually launching a Christian entrepreneur community? And so the funny thing is when I went there, I was going there because what Terry was doing was like, I thought Terry and I actually had an initial conversation about collaborating and working together because I was creating content that was going to be for Christian entrepreneurs. And she had the, the in live community and her and I had a conversation about like, Hey, what are you doing, Laura? Maybe we can combine our businesses together. And obviously that didn't happen to this day because things went a different direction, but that's originally wise because I well, was, thank God. Right. I mean, right. <laughs> <laughs> or we might not be here today. Well, I mean, we'll still collaborate with Terry. I'm sure of it, but you know, Glad right. But it was really powerful. <laughs> and it was actually kind of being shunned by another community about what my beliefs were and wanting that. And yeah. then walking into this community and they have open arms and they're like, come with all your brokenness, with everything that's going on in your life, you are loved. You are welcome here. You are accepted. Like it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. And you can talk about anything. And it was, it was amazing. And so then I knew it. that's when I walked out and I was like, those are my people. <laughs> oh, and that's the thing I really think. And, um, that type of thing like really pisses me off, especially when you're talking about being in a group that's supposed to be, you know, supportive of whatever, like you were, you weren't reaching out or even saying like, Hey, this is how you have to be whatever. Like you were trying to connect with other people. I'm sure there's people in that group that would have loved to connect with you on that level. And I mean, with myself, it's interesting because I can, I remember very vividly my entire, you know, spiritual journey and on either side, 
I would feel, I just, I just think it's horrible to exclude anybody throughout that part. And I think people, we, we need to encourage people to be able to be themselves and be open and not shy away from that kind of thing. And it, it is very empowering when you are able to do that. And I think it's unfortunate that they shut it down because that doesn't let other people be open, open to any aspect of it. And that, that really segregates in general, because I know myself through, it was, there was different times in in college that I encountered some really not good people that represented religion for me. And so during that time, I can remember being very open with my mom and our family and just everything about like my what I was thinking my personal beliefs were, it was a real struggle and a real challenge during that time. And that really, that type of, gosh, what do you, I don't even know how to say judgment. it. It's judgment. judgment. It's judgment. Yeah. yeah that, that type of judgment just, it, it's unfortunate because it actually did drive somewhat of a wedge between myself and God, because I was letting people represent what I was thinking is what God wanted and not my personal connection with him. And so it was totally different. It took me a long time. It took, I mean, even past the point to where John and I actually kind of connected on our spiritual journey together. And we dug deep into that because we're like, okay, like, well, we need to be real with ourselves. I'm not just, there's, this is not a check mark in the box. Like myself, personally, both of us grew up Catholic. I actually, I actually went myself because, and the only reason I went to catechism, it was, I could walk to it because I went to, I was in a really small town. So I walked to church or catechism intentionally sometimes by myself because I just wanted to hang out with my friends. I had some friends that were, <laughs> that were there. So I did that. But then, you know, I, I never really through that process, I never had like a, a deep connection. Like it was just like, okay, this is what you do type thing. Yeah. And he, he had a similar experience. So we, ha- we definitely, you know, dove into that together and it has to be real and authentic. And so that process to me, I mean, I'm not going to get into it, you know, on this show, I think it'll probably come out, you know, over time. Um, and, and with different people that we have, but I think that, you know, a spiritual, uh, seek, seeking out your spiritual connection is so in, in, incredibly important for sure. Um, and just having that hope and that faith, I mean, it just changes everything. It does. And I think that's so ideal conversation here because, you know, if, when they talk about the 12 steps and addiction and recovery, it's higher power, you know, having that higher power and surrendering to yourself and realizing that you are not in control. You know, you have to yeah. break the change. If you want to break the chains of addiction or bad habits or things you don't like that you're doing, you've got to totally surrender it. And so yeah. there's so much power in that. So I think this week, what we were talking about before was like doing a challenge. And I think that would be really fun. I think a lot of us can think of something that we'd want to improve in our life, something. And so one of the things we want to bring you guys on these Thursday episodes, as we kind of hash out the details of the previous episode is to really talk about like, what actionable steps can I take out of this to, you know, become a better person, right? To turn my hot mess into a message and to really take some good actionable steps um, and move forward in life. Because like Amanda said, you're either moving forward or backwards and there's no, there's no in between. And so, um, how can we move forward today? And so I want to share a little bit more about maybe our seven day challenge. Yeah. So, you know, this kind of overlaps with, and the the reason why we're bringing this up, we're, we're thinking about this is because 
Terry, the the way that this even came about to her where she was forced to face that she had this addiction was she decided that she wanted to um, be part of kind of this book club with this woman that she met. And throughout the book club, part of what it was, um, I think it was called, was it called The Uncommon Woman? I yep. think that's what the book was about. I can't, I, I need to check it out. I think it sounds in, incredible. But so throughout that, the whole point was, is that they had to give up something while they were reading this book for the full duration. And she realized she started this process with this lady and, um, her, what she decided to do was give up drinking. She's like, okay, I have to do this. If I want to, you know, get my, get my life in order. This is the thing. This is the thing I have to do. And I think she said, I don't, I don't recall the time frame. I think she like, couldn't even go like that week or something. And she was just like, that's it. I, I, she recognized it immediately. Like I could not give this up. So I think that's one of the things that we can do. And, and I do know, for example, like John and I will go through different times of things like where we're, if we're traveling a lot or during the holidays or during the summer, and we're just being really social and we're social drinkers and we're social eaters. We love food, love food. And so we sometimes we'll have to check ourselves and be like, okay, we have to do a strict 30 day, da 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 whatever with anything. So I mean, this is very powerful and it helps so much. Like once you have those, I know for us, like we have got to do this. We have to put ourselves in check. So yeah, figuring out what that means, what that is for you and be like, okay, I've been struggling with this. This is something that, and it could be drinking wine in the evening. It could be sugar. It could be caffeine. Anything that you know, deep down in your heart that bothers you that you're like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this, but you continue to do it. And it just, it, it's that disappointment and you don't need to be, holding that disappointment with yourself. You know, once, once you go through something and you do it for seven days, it's that you get confidence, you get confidence and you're like, okay. And then maybe you're going to string more than seven days. I don't know what this could be, whatever it is for you. It could be like, Hey, I'm going to go, you know, to, I'm going to do, I'm going to walk seven days. I'm going to, I'm going to do, you know, 30 minutes of brisk walking, which by the way is incredibly, incredibly healthy for you. Yeah. But maybe you say, I'm going to do seven days of brisk walking out in the fresh air. You guys, that will change your life. Or I'm going to be seven days of personal development reading. Like just pick something that is going to get you closer to your goal. Stick with it and do it seven days in a row. And you guys think, think, big on this. Okay. So think big, but I want you to really bring it back to center and think it doesn't have to be something big. Okay. Yeah. So like say your goal is, you know what? I really want to be more present as a parent. So yeah. every night between seven and nine, I'm putting away technology and I'm going to yep. read a book to my kids every single night. Yeah. Right? Like something like that. It's like just, I'm going to do it for the that. next seven days and I'm going to be present for yeah. seven days because then it becomes a habit. Your kids are going to love that moment. They're going to thrive on that. Aww. And then it totally That's changes. Great. Right. So if you're, if you're parenting, you want to improve on that. There's so many aspects. It doesn't have to be like, I'm going to like, quit smoking tomorrow if that's your bad habit or I'm going to quit drinking. I mean, but I will small. encourage you to do that if you yes, want to Yes, we are going to encourage Definitely you to do encourage that. You. <laughs> we'll give you all kinds of links for that. Okay. Yeah. You know what we need to do too, I think is super cool is like we can share. I know they have these awesome apps that like kind of congratulate you. Like if, yeah. oh, I have a day without whatever. I, I saw one of our friends doing that and I'm so freaking proud of her. She keeps posting it. And I'm like, thank you. The reason why I see that too, is like, that's an accountability for that person. And they're posting, you know, that they've been, you know, not smoking for two months or whatever. That's huge. And they're not looking for a ton of praise, but that just that support and knowing that they're calling themselves out. Like if you're challenged by this and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. 
tell people, tell people that are supportive and kind, you know, tell people what you're doing because they can help you hold that accountable. And just even saying it even helps you be more accountable. And so I am going to, now this might not seem like this has been something that I've been trying to do for so long. This isn't getting rid of something or a bad habit. This is adding something. And I was just mentioning this to somebody today. I really, really, really want to be able to meditate on a daily basis. And I've tried and I probably will go three to four days. I just, it just never connects to me. And I know how important it is. Like we need to de-stress as much as like we're, you know, wired pretty high. <laughs> um, right. I, you know, that's something to me. I know I need to do this for, you know, my health for just everything. Then, like you said, being able to just bring it back to center, connect with, you know, my daughter, connect with my husband, um, you know, leave, I work from home. I can work 24 seven because there's always something to do. So to be able to just turn that off, um, that's, that's what I'm going to do. I, I need to do that. And hopefully within I'll, I'll continue to string, what is it? 21 days to make a habit. So maybe I'll string that away, like th right. three, seven day challenges together. So, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to challenge myself for the next seven days and really pray that it continues way beyond that because my kids will love this too. But, um, one of the things I actually invested in a parenting course and, um, that was when I was, you know, still married and we were all living together, but now as a single mom household, it does become a little bit more challenging. And at the moment, what it was, the parenting course encouraged you to take 10 minutes with each child alone. Like they get to choose what they do every night and the siblings don't get to be there. And so it's a little bit more challenging as a single mom because I don't have, I have to have, make sure the other two are entertained, right? Or entertaining each other or do it after Cecilia goes to sleep at night is what, what I'll probably do because the older ones love this because we did do it for a little bit. And then um, mass chaos, you know, shit the fan and then whatever. So now I need to get back to center to give my kids yeah. this time because they loved it because it was during the day. It'd be like, um, you know, so then when I was on my phone or I was working or I was doing something, they were so looking forward to their 10 minutes. So, yeah. and it would usually go 30 minutes. And so I would just a lot for that because they get so excited. They're like, oh, it's over already. I want to do that. Aww. Or can, can we, they, they'd come with stuff. Like, can we do trucks? And it's not my decision. Like when I, I can't choose, Hey, we're going to read for 10 minutes. It was like, JD would be like, I just want to play trucks or will you play farm with me? You know, Zizi would be like, will you read to me? Will you play Barbies with me? You know, for whatever. So they focus on 10 minutes, even like set a timer because kids are all about, you know, visualization, right? Seeing it. And so I'm going to get back to that because my kids loved it. I loved it. It made me take a break. And I know with us even just being so busy with um, work and podcasting and all that stuff right now, some, and I've had like, you know, a nanny on, a nanny off, all this crazy stuff, help, no help yeah. with child. Yeah. Summer, summer's been crazy. all over the place for sure. So it'll be really fun to get back to center and to put my kids, that's going to be what I'm going to do for the next seven it. days and really try to make it last forever. Like, cause I, I know my kids it. love it too. So I love it. That's awesome. All right, you guys. Well, that is your challenge. That is what we are going to leave you guys with. And we'll have to report in and start sharing. If you guys are on hop on our Facebook page, tell us what you're going to give up. Um, you know, hashtag, we didn't even use just hashtag seven day challenge, you know, like, um, hot mess success, whatever. So we'll, we'll have to figure that. What are we going to do? We do need to give them a hashtag now. Let's yeah. give them a hashtag. Just as it, it's not just seven day challenge, is it? What, what would we do? Hot mess challenge or 
Yeah. Hot mess challenge. Let's just do that. Hashtag hot mess challenge. And yeah, let us, let us know what you guys are going to, you know, give up or start or whatever, whatever it is that you feel compelled to do. We're going to start with seven days and, um, in hopes that we continue on after that. But I think that consistent seven days is a great place to start because it's not overwhelming, right? It's, it's like, okay, I'm going to commit to this for, for those seven days and I'm sure it's going to be awesome. So Thanks so much for listening today, you guys. We'll catch you on the next episode. All right, later. Bye. Hey friends, thanks for listening today. If you have not registered for all the amazing prizes, go to hotmesstosuccess.com slash win. And always remember, you are not alone. You are highly favored and greatly blessed, and you have everything inside of you to kick ass in life and business. Now it's time to take action and own it.